You are Locked On Cubs, your daily Chicago Cubs podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Cubs fans, and welcome to Locked On Cubs. I'm your host, Joe Kilgallen. You can follow me on Twitter. That's simply at Joe Kilgallen. Give this podcast a follow as well. That is Locked On Cubs. All right, Cubs fans, the Cubs fall to the Phillies by a score of eight to zip. Ugh, a shot like you know we we snapped the eleven game losing streak and we're thinking hey come on get a little something going we know it feels like the story has been written already for the twenty twenty one Chicago Cubs but there's still there's still that feeling as a fan where you're like come on let's uh, let's uh, let's reel off a few W's here let's get that flag flying high over the beautiful green scoreboard at Wrigley Field make us feel good right let's do a little bit of that let's let's challenge the narrative one last time but. Nevertheless, they lose eight to zip. I'll be recapping that game, talking about the press conference that Jed Hoyer kind of hosted there in the dugout. I guess you'd call it a press conference. He took questions from reporters. He was also on with Lawrence Holmes from the score. So some interesting comments there. And in uh, lieu of the, you know, rumors, I figured I'd have some fun with them. A couple podcasts ago, I said that I thought maybe the Boston Red Sox would be a fit for Anthony Rizzo. I'll tell you who I believe is a fit for Chris Bryant. But before I do that, this episode is brought to you by Spotify Green Room. Download the Spotify Green Room app and find one of our lockdown rooms. Get in on the action, Spotify Green Room. All right, Cubs fans, how you guys doing? Let me check in with you. You guys good? Are you? Are, you, are, are we okay? Are we all going? I mentioned earlier in the week the five stages of grief is upon us. And even though there are a lot out there who, you know, maybe rightfully so, maybe you should be feeling the most proud because you were all offseason saying, get rid of them all. Let's start the, the rebuild now. And I just did rebuilding quotes, which has not come across on audio. I, I disagreed from that narrative from the start. I still disagree with the idea of a full rebuild. Jed had some comments, so we'll dive into that a little bit later. But first, let's talk about the game that was. We lose eight to zip to the Philadelphia Phillies one day after snapping the 11-game losing streak, winning 8-3. to What a bummer. The Cubs now sit 43-45 and on the season, which coincidentally enough was the Cubs' record at the All-Star break in 2017. They had that first half World Series hangover, and then during the All-Star break, they made the trade for Jose Quintana, and they went on an absolute tear in the second half, finishing winning the Central by at least six or seven games, if I recall. Now, the World Series hangover of 2017 that happened in the first half, that happens to a lot of teams. That's a real thing. You're seeing that. I mean, the Dodgers aren't exactly. They're in third place right now. It was often a trend before the Cubs won the division in 2017. The trend had been win the World Series, miss the playoffs entirely the next year. Kansas City Royals had won in 2015, missed the playoffs in 2016. Giants 2014, missed in 2015. Right? There was a trend going on right there. Boston Red Sox in 2013 won the World Series, missed the playoffs in 2014. So the Cubs kind of went against that a little bit, and that was nice to see. I never looked at 2017 as some kind of failure. There are some fans out there who are like, we lost in the NLCS to the Dodgers. Oh, my God. I'm like, yeah, you know, it happens. Dodgers are a good team. They made that trade for you, Darvish, to kind of put them over the top. Yeah, they're, you know, that happens. I'm not upset. We played more games than them last year. We won the World Series. Very few teams went back-to-back. As a matter of fact, baseball fans, there has not been a back-to-back World Series champ since the 1999-2000 New York Yankees. Over 21 years ago, that drought could drink. So I'm not, I was never that upset about the 2017 team. 
And also, I don't look back at 2018 as, with as much anger as some fans do because I didn't let the media write the narrative for me. The 2018 Cubs won 95 games. Chris Bryant missed over 60 with injury. You Darvish, our prized possession in that offseason, did next to nothing that year. Pitched in like seven or eight games, was like one and six. And so not only when he was in there was he bad, but he was out most of the season, which caused him to have to go get Cole Hamels, who was fantastic for us. The offense absolutely shut down the final month of the season. They played that historic stretch of 40 games in 41 days. They had one off day to the Brewers having six or seven off days. And they they were 16 and 12 in September. It's not really a collapse. That's like a 93-win pace if you did that every month. So I don't look back at it as angrily. I think what happened was, I don't know why I'm diving into the 2018 season right now, but I really feel like when the book is written on this era of Chicago Cubs baseball, and there'll be two sides of it. There'll be the people who go, hey, it was a seven-year run in which we won a World Series, had some deep playoff runs, and overall, what were in the playoffs, what, five out of seven seasons? That's fantastic. You would take that. If I would have told you on the beginning of 2012, Theo Epstein's first season, hey, we're going to have three really bad seasons because we're going to be rebuilding. Although there was a glimmer of hope at the end of 2014. The last two months of 2014, the Cubs were 32 and 28, August and September. Played really good baseball. And so, you know, you're thinking, oh, they finished 500 the last two months of the season. They go into 2015, sign John Lester, trade for Miguel Montero, trade for Dexter Fowler. Still, people were like wild card, which they did win the wild card, but they didn't think wild card with 97 wins. They didn't think beating the Pirates, shutting them out in a one-game playoff. They didn't think taking the Cardinals out in four. And then 2016, we had Zobers in the offseason. Great, great signing. Hayward, great for a speech. Guy gives the best. He's right up there with Kennedy and Martin Luther King when it comes to speeches. And then and Captain America, that guy gives great speeches. And then who else we sent? John Lackey, who was very, very good for us that year. I think he won like 15, 16 ball games and really rounded out the rotation nicely. You know, there was a great run. So I'm saying if I would have told you way back in 2012, here's what the run would look like. It'll be a seven-year window, which is typically what people were saying back even then. World Series win. Right there, if I would have said World Series victory, seven years, you'd be like, I don't care what the rest of the six years are. You would have, we would have all said that. But of course, the bar has been raised. And that's where a lot of the frustration comes in. So I think two things are going to be written about this Cubs era. One, people are going to look back fondly and say, that was the team that won the World Series forever. Or they're going to look back and say, what a disappointment after winning the World Series. And they're not going to, and I think a lot of them aren't going to quite know who to blame, what to blame. There's, look, there's a little bit of blame to go everywhere. People who listen to this podcast know I'm a big Theo Epstein fan, but I'm not going to pretend he was perfect. But I still, you, there's a process to it all. Whenever a, a front office makes a move, unless it's obviously that they're just trying to get rid of a contract or it's money or it's beyond their control, because sometimes, sometimes you know, the people like to blame the front office, but they're not writing the checks. That comes up from above them. You know what I'm saying? So when I think of the Theo era, I look at what did the move make sense at the time? Because think about this way, Cubs fans. Jed Hoyer could trade for Mike Trout in the offseason, and we will be doing backflips. We will be freaking out. Oh, my God. We just acquired the best, best player in baseball, one of the greatest players of all time, Mike Trout. That's how good he is. We would be going insane. But then what if Mike Trout comes over and is terrible? What if he doesn't hit? What if he's awful? Would we then be like, nice job, Jed? No, because it's, it's still a great trade. 
you know, you can't, it's called outcome bias. You know, whether you're not really judging the decision, you're judging it based on the bias, right? If someone, if they do a hit and run and it's executed perfectly, great call. If the guy misses the pitch and it's a strike him out, throw him out, what were you thinking? That's a terrible call, right? That's not, that's not really fair to do. And it's not really what the science world even would preach. So when I saw a trade for Eloy Jimenez and Dylan Cease for Jose Quintana, at the time I looked at it and every White Sox fan front I knew said, this guy's fantastic. We just don't play any defense or score for him. And the numbers back that up. When it comes to advanced stats, they showed this was a guy who was screwed by bad defense behind him, lack of run support. He was like seventh in wins above replacement in the American League the three years prior combined. And he had three and a half years left in the deal. I thought that was a good move. The move I will give Theo a hard time for is the Tyler Chatwood signing. Because I didn't think it was necessary. I thought they should have given the rotation spot to Mike Montgomery, who had shown in flashes in the 2017 season that he was capable of starting. And then if Mike Montgomery has a bad first half, then you make a trade at some point during the season to acquire another starter. You know, that was like the thing that they didn't really do during the rebuild effectively enough. And I think maybe 2020, they would have been possibly able to do that. I looked at other successful runs of teams with the exception of the Braves who made the playoffs 14 years in a row. They all had that one year where they missed the playoffs. And because of that, they were able to replenish. They're able to take a look at some players. So that's what's an exciting thing the Cubs get to do now is Justin Steele, who was fantastic with us before he hurt his hamstring, which is okay. Look, a hamstring injury from a pitcher, that's nothing to sweat. If it was an elbow, shoulder, you get a little bit nervous. Now, I'm not saying legs aren't important in pitching. They are, but hamstrings, that's, again, that's eh. You rehab that. You do a different regimen going into next year. And there's been a hamstring. Hamstring injuries are spreading worse than COVID in Major League Baseball this past season if you haven't been paying attention. But Justin Steele was a guy who was phenomenal in the pen, and they're stretching him out to be a starter. So it's like, all right, cool. We get to look at him as a starter every five days, all of August, all of September. So we have a good idea of what he could be going into 2022. That was a luxury the Cubs never had because they were always competing. If they would have had a year like that earlier on, maybe you could argue in 2017, instead of making that trade, they could have just said, all right, World Series hangover. A lot of teams don't make the playoffs after winning the World Series. I guess we're the latest round of players like that. And then maybe that core comes back hungrier in 2018. And then you you know, you know, still have Eloy and Cease, which I think Eloy was always going to get traded because he is a DH. It's a DH. He didn't make his major league debut until 2019 with the White Sox. He got hurt, banged up a few times playing the outfield. 2020, he missed some time. He fell into the nets twice. He's a clown out there in left field. He makes Kyle Schwarber look like Ken Griffey Jr. I mean, it's incredible how terrible he is. And he shouldn't even carry a glove. Eloy Jimenez, I don't know why he owns a glove. And then this year, he basically died in spring training. He didn't actually die, but they hung his jersey up as if he died. So everyone's been having fun with it. Google Eloy Jimenez memes. I know I wanted to take this time to recap the Phillies uh, beating the Cubs eight to zip. And it was a really rough one to watch. Brad Miller, Brad Miller. What is Brad Miller? The modern Mike Schmidt. For you young fans, Mike Schmidt is a Hall of Fame third baseman for the Phillies, won the MVP in 1980, and was a notorious Cubs killer. Now, I grew up in the 90s, so I didn't watch Mike Schmidt growing up, but my father would always bring up Mike Schmidt, just how much he that guy just dominated the Cubs. Also, Mike Schmidt is the number five hitter for the National League All-Stars in RBI baseball, one of the greatest Nintendo games of all time. But yeah, that man went deep three times. Look at Adbert Elzelay. He had, or Elzelay. Elzelay? I think it's Elzelay. Four earned runs, 
in five innings. Not very good. He's got great stuff, though. I love the stuff on him. It's it's top of the rotation stuff. What he needs to do is figure out how to throw a changeup to lefties because his slider, which is so devastating to righties, if he doesn't get it in on lefties, it's a home run pitch. The long ball continues to be a problem for Adbert. The Cubs offense, though, five hits. You're just not going to do anything with five hits. It really makes things uh, it makes it an uphill battle for your pitching, knowing that they have to be perfect. So there's such a domino effect to all these things in baseball. A lot of fans will bring up, oh, even if we had you Darvish, we weren't going to do anything this year. I disagree with that because he would have saved the bullpen. Our bullpen started to collapse for the end of June. And I looked into it other than Tommy Nance. There's, and, and even he kind of bounced back. There was no real evidence that they were using pitch grip. If you look at like the spin rate, it stayed the same for most of these guys. I think Tommy Nance has took a little bit of a dip, but then he had that nice out against the Dodgers, but he's back in triple A anyway. Still, though, you have a pitcher like you, Darvish, who have been going consistently deeper in games. That saves the bullpen. There's a domino effect there. Plus, Victor Caratini, you feel more confident starting more often than a lot of the Cubs' backup catchers. That makes Wilson Contreras play a fresher brand of baseball. See, there's a whole domino effect to a lot of this stuff, everyone. Built Bar, everybody. This episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Right now, they have this amazing thing. They've got a new flavor. How about that? Let's go over some of the old flavors, though, because I'm a big fan of all of them. You got coconut, raspberry, mint brownie, my favorite, double chocolate, salted caramel. They also have strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, and German chocolate. The new flavor is grasshopper cookie. I know you're thinking, what is grasshopper cookie? It is the classic Thin Mint cookie. You know that Girl Scout cookie? So it's phenomenal. You're going to love it. 150 calories, 17 grams of protein, and only 5 grams of sugar. That's the biggie. A lot of these bars that people say, hey, you got to have this to start off your day. They're loaded with sugar, and that's going to give you a crash by the end of the day. Not good. Okay, so here's the deal. Here's what you want to do. You want to head over to BuiltBar.com. Use promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your order. So again, go to BuiltBar.com. Use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. Order today. All right, enough about the past. I know I, I, I keep saying that, but it, you, you just can't help but get a little bit. You know what it is? I think we're all feeling like we're about to graduate. There's that little bit. Remember that feeling before graduating, you know, eighth grade or high school or college? You, you just start to look back. You reminisce a little bit. And you, you might have moments where you like you think about what might have been. You might get a little sentimental where you're like, ah, that was, I'm going to miss those days. I'm going to miss gym class. That was fun, right? I'm going to miss, I'm going to miss hanging out with the boys or the girls. I'm going to, I'm going to have a good time there. You know, you kind of, and I think we're kind of going through that a little bit right now. The stage of just like, oh, we know it's ending. We know it's ending. And now we're asking ourselves, how could it have been different? Can we still and we don't want to go back. We don't want to go back to these long rebuilds. So I was very encouraged about the comments that Jed Hoyer made. Jed Hoyer held a press conference in the dugout, which I think is a really boss place to hold a press conference, in which he talked to reporters. They asked him what was going on. And I've got some quotes for you. Here's one uh, a little bit ago. Oh, that was just, it was just published, this whole article. So it basically transcribed some of the questions that were asked of Jed Hoyer, in which he talks about, um, just how quickly things change. You know, it was 11 games ago. So here's the quotes. He goes, first, let me go back a little bit. He says, we've believed in these guys since 2015. Hoyer said Thursday before the Cubs eight to nothing lost to the Philadelphia Phillies at Wrigley field. They've had a ton of success and I would never count these guys out, but 11 days ago. And by the way, I like that statement. 
I like, I, and then I have no problem with some people said, Oh, they believed in these guys too long. Okay. You know, I mean, I'm not that upset about that. I, re- I really am not. I think that's, that's an okay thing. And, and there's no, there doesn't need to be anger behind that there. It's not, you know, some other people might say, Oh, well, you know, we, we, we should have done. Yeah, of course. Could have, should have, would have in a lot of situations. But again, there is that hindsight. When would you have dealt these guys and where would they have gone? And how mad would you have been when they started to flourish otherwhere elsewhere? Like look at Kyle Schwarber. I know Cubs fans who are furious at how great he's been playing. He hurt his hamstring too, but he was player of the month for the month of June on pace for 50 home runs and a hundred something RBI. The guy was killing it and looked happy doing it. And his Cubs fans, it broke our heart. So I don't have any problem with Judd Hoyerson. We believed in this group. No problem with that at all. I believe in this group too, and I'll never feel bad about that. I've got a lot of World Series memorabilia all over my basement thanks to them. He says, but 11 days ago, we were certainly fully on the buy side of the transaction. Everyone was calling about that. Obviously, people are now calling to see which players are available, so it's a very different scenario than we expected. And then he says, life comes at you fast. If you don't stop and look around once in a while, you might miss it. There's Bueller. I actually added the second half of that. He did say life comes at you fast. I'm surprised no reporter said that. What do you get? What do you know? John Hughes state of mind. So even before the losing streak though, right? The Cubs had begun shifting the pro scouting uh, to focus on low level affiliates of teams likely to add major league talent this month. A Cub scout was recently spotted at a low A affiliate of the Mets, a team heavily linked to Bryant rumors. I don't think that's going to be the team though. I really don't. You know, they do mention in this article, do this from the athletic, by the way, I highly recommend it. Uh, Paul uh, Mooney, not Paul Mooney. I'm saying, um, what is his name? PJ Mooney? Patrick Mooney. There we go. I'm going to call him PJ. You know, he's kind of just mentioning where they were with some stuff too. Anthony Rizzo had turned down a five-year, $70 million offer from Cubs, cutting off extension talks before opening day. You know, and um, and then it says also, if the COVID-19 pandemic hadn't shut down spring training in 2020, Baez might have already secured his long-term future because both sides were in frequent contact at that point and making significant progress towards an extension. By now, Hoyer has a sense for not only Baez's expectations, but Rizzo's as well. So a lot of people are saying Rizzo's bad back. He's aging. Rizzo should have accepted five years, 70 million. Again, five years, 70 million. It was a, an annual cut. Anthony Rizzo is making 16.5 this year. He made 16 last year to ask him to go back to 14 million. I can understand him saying no. Uh, I think the Cubs, if they want to retain him, will have to match what he's making this year. I think if they did five years at 16 million, which is $80 million, I think they have him. And I think that's a fair deal. And I know some Cubs fans, I don't like the way he's going to age with the back and stuff like that. I think he's going to be a guy. And look, the back injury has never cost him a significant amount of time. It has not. He has played at least 140 games every year since 2014. Obviously not in 2020. They only played 60 games as a whole, but he made like 50 of those. So, you know, anyway, it goes over some other different people and things like that. But Hoyer was very clear to say that this is not. He goes, we are in a different situation now than we were in 2012. The decisions we're making, the processes we're going through are completely different, which I agree. That's why I've been saying all offseason and most of this season. He goes, that label is certainly something to be avoided. I think that people talk rebuilds when you're doing what we did in 2012. We are going to have roster turnover. We need to do that. That was inevitable. He then goes on to say, this is certainly not a rebuild by any kind of definition we're using from our past. That is a good sign. That is a very good sign. 
So maybe they don't get it all back in 2022. But I've been arguing with some fans, and it's discussion. It's all it's all just discussion. I totally understand. Look, we all love the Cubs. We all want what's best for the Cubs. I fully, though, believe that the 2022 Cubs going in this offseason, they should spend. They should add. They should be big players in free agency. And I know some people are like, oh, but do you know how many pieces it's going to take to win the 2022 World Series? I go, sure, but the goal should be to get back in the playoffs. The goal should be back to being the top of the NL Central. That nothing, What's the difference between spending the money and doing that and just being bad? The idea of tanking to get another draft pick, it's very different. Jed Toyer even mentioned that today on the score uh, with uh, Lawrence Holmes, who was a fantastic interview, huge Lawrence Holmes fan, big fan of 670 the score. He said that teams saw what we did 2012 to 2014. They all started to copy it. You know, the White Sox, a few other teams are were taking that that blueprint. And essentially it's not, they're not looking to do that, which is it's good to hear. So make the trades now, acquire the prospects you can, make make some splash for agent signings in the offseason, win the division. And even if you're a fan thinking, oh, I don't think they have enough to win the World Series, I'm like, you got to make the playoffs first. Then in tw- then in 2023, you have a whole nother offseason, you have a whole nother year of development for your younger players. Maybe someone comes on the free agent market that you can make a deal for, and that puts you over the hump to get into World Series contention. That's another thing that people need to remember. There have been plenty of teams where on opening day did not have a roster that was a World Series favorite, but they played first place ball, and then come the trade deadline, someone became available and decided, you know what, let's go get that person, and then they become a World Series favorite. Never forget that. Bet online, everybody. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing. It's All Star break, just two days away. And you can check all the action at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC, MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great news. Sign up bonuses, contest information, the works. So don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get in on the action. Head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive 50% off, or I'm sorry, a 50% welcome bonus. That's even better than 50% off because they're saying, hey, welcome. Here's 50% on your first deposit. What do you think? Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Promo code locked on, all caps, one word. So with all the trade talk going on in the air, I had a little fun a couple of podcasts ago saying that I think the Boston Red Sox seem like the right play for Anthony Rizzo. They don't really have much at first base. He's a lefty. He's got playoff experience. He could benefit from a change of scenery. They give if they increase the price. That's another thing the Cubs need to look to do too. Take on the money. You know, there are some teams out there that are like, oh, they might, you know, the Rays don't want to take on Chris Bryant's salary or something like that, or Kimbrell's. But then if we say, hey, give us a higher ranked prospect and we'll take on the money because we're paying it anyway. You know, we're the Cubs. We shouldn't be so cheap. Get the better prospects. So I think I thought Rizzo to the Red Sox seemed like a nice fit. Also, it's a cool story. This was the team that drafted him. It's nice, right? Kind of ties up, up in a bow, right? So now with Chris Bryant, I was looking around the league thinking, who needs a guy like Chris Bryant? First of all, that's every team because of his flexibility to play third base, first base, all three corner outfield spots at this point. I wouldn't be surprised if you could play a solid second base or a shortstop in a pinch. You wouldn't want to see him there, though. So the team I would like to make a deal with, again, I don't want to do this, though. I want these guys on my team, is the San Francisco Giants. I could see Chris Bryant 
contributing to the San Francisco Giants in a very impactful way. And I, that's just the team I'm going for. I'm looking at their prospects. They've got a pretty nice system. But here's the thing with them, though. Their top two prospects are both ranked in the top 20 in all of baseball. For a two-month rental, they're probably saying, we're not giving you either of those guys. Respect. Respect San Francisco. Maybe if we did Kimbrell and Bryant, did a little package deal, then, then we're talking. Then we're talking. We might be able to get at least one of their big two. My concern is their big two, though, are from two positions that we have a lot of depth in the minor leagues. Marco Luciano, or Luciano, sorry, never met the guy, or Joey Bart. Now, Joey Bart seems like he should be a giant. He's a catcher. Buster Posey's at the end of his career. Still very productive, but it's, it's you know, not too many good, glorious years in the sun. And Joey Bart's also in AAA, playing for the Sacramento River Cats. Seems like the right, he's a big guy, 6'2", 238. He looks like a catcher. And uh, he was drafted in the first round, the second pick overall in 2018. So they've got high hopes for this guy. Also, his last name is Bart. I don't know if you guys are aware of this, but San Francisco, that whole the Bay Area, their version of what we call the L is called the Bart. It's the Bay Area Rail Transit, I believe. That's why it's called the Bart. So I could totally see him being, that guy just sounds like a giant. I don't even want him. I don't want him. So I'm going to say no to that. But they're, you know, this Marco Luciano guy, he's only 19. And again, we have Christian Hernandez, Ed Howard, 17 and 18. Christian Hernandez just got ranked number 100 in the top 100 prospects. That's how high people are on this guy. He's not even playing ball right now. And they're, they, he's not hurt or anything like that. But like at just the level he'd be at, he's in the complex. They're just, you know, training him, I think. So that's high hopes for that guy. This guy, though, obviously would be a big deal. 6'2", 178. So you take shortstops and center fielders because they could always go play other positions in the infield, depending on the height. Obviously, if you're some 5'9", shortstop, you're, you're not going to be a first baseman. just doesn't work this way. This guy's 6'2", 178, though, again, only 19. He'll probably put in some weight as we go. By the time he's major league ready, which, you know, this MLB prospects list has him ready in 2023, so a good, you know, year and a half away or so. He'll probably be up to about 190, 6'2", 178. He'll be, yeah, 6'2", 190, 195. Get him over to Chicago. He's getting him on a workout, eating some beefs. He'll be, he'll bulk up. So the Giants, though, they've got some some, some, some very tempting uh, pieces there. Trying to look at the other rest of the top 100 to see if the Giants have anyone else who have cracked that list. Yeah, here's another guy, though. I would, the number 63 ring prospect in all of baseball, Heliot. It's like Elliot, but with an H in the front. Heliot? Dumb name. If your name's Heliot out there, I'm sorry I just offended you, but I'm not a fan. Uh, Heliot Ramos, he's an outfielder. He had a great arm, could run. Here's a little about him. Ramos comes from a family of athletes that includes uh, older brothers Henry, who has reached AAA as an outfielder, and Hector, a former professional soccer player. Pretty good deal. This guy was acquired in the draft in the first round, number 19 overall in 2017. Right? He's got a he's a righty. Got great bat speed, they said. Wonderful strength. He's kind of a power over hit guy, though. Should produce at least a decent batting average, they say. So he's got some pop, and he's a plus runner, which is good to see. Arm strength is huge, and so he profiles as a right fielder because of the arm strength and his speed. They like him in the corner outfield spot. You know what? I'd take him if you, if you get a few more people, too. That's just an interesting package, though. So Brian to the Giants. Uh, throughout the next like week or so, we got the All-Star break coming up. I got some fun stuff surprise for you for the All-Star break. 
Uh, congratulations to Kimbrell and Bryant. Hopefully they're not dealt before that because I want to see them in Cubs uniforms. One of my favorite traditions of the All-Star game is when they announce everyone and you get to wait and you go, there's our guys. Yeah, Cubs, right? You cheer for them. So that's nice to see. Although Major League Baseball already screwed up the All-Star game by having them wear the ugliest uniforms I've ever seen in my life. I wipe my butt with those uniforms. They're hideous. I won't even do that, actually, because they don't look like they'd be nice. They don't look like my Charmin Ultra that I'm so used to. So I won't even wipe my butt. won't even waste my time with it. But I will be doing more trade speculation. I hope you're okay with that. I said we got to have some fun with it, right? If this is this, if it's not if, it is the end. How about we trade Chris Bryant for a haul and then sign him back in the offseason? Huh? Let's do that. All right. I hope you all have a wonderful weekend. And as always, go Cubs. Cheers. Check out Locked On Today, everybody. Get all your sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you listen to your podcasts.